0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available, along with more downloads, at our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. So Take My Life and Let It Be, the whole hymn here that we've just sung speaks of our service to God. And there are many examples in Scripture to show us the way. But it is only made possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus. He has shown us the way by his perfect example. The hymn in question, of course, is in our hymn books, 163. Uh, But who is the lady? Well, she is Frances Ridley Habergall. I'm sure you've all heard of her. But she was an English uh, religious poet and hymn writer and uh, she is the writer of the hymn that we're looking at. She was born into an Anglican family at Astley in Worcestershire. Her father, William Henry Habergall, was a clergyman, a writer, a composer and he also was a hymn writer. Her brother was Henry East Havergal. He was a priest in the Church of England and an organist. So you can see she came from quite a religious background. It's thought that uh, when she was studying in Dusseldorf in 1852 that she wrote this hymn. Otherwise she led quite a quiet life, not enjoying consistent good health uh, and she travelled to various parts of Europe and in particular to Switzerland because of her health problems. But she's the writer of of our hymn. We're just going to pick out some of the words of of the hymn on which we can focus. I'm using the six verse version which we sing to the second tune but we don't know that tune very well but I'm using six verses as you'll see in a minute so take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee and the word consecrated there is used extensively in scripture but mostly in the King James version of the Bible more modern translations interpret both the Hebrew and the Greek words as to finish or to make perfect Or to renew and dedicate. All our quotations, by the way, this afternoon are going to be from the New King James Version of the Bible. So, this word consecrated then, well, if we call ourselves Christians, then we are exhorted to consecrate or dedicate our lives to God and His ways. For example, in Hebrews chapter 7, there you can see on the screen. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of oath of the oath which came after the law appoints the son who has been perfected. And it's that word consecrated, who has been perfected forever. This idea underlines Christ's procl- procl- proclamation, if I can say it, in John chapter 17, when he said, I have finished The work which you gave me to do in his prayer to his father. And that word finish there is the same word in the Greek. It means consecrated. In Romans chapter 12, Paul writes this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And again, that word renewal, this time in the Greek word, is the same word, consecration. So consecration is a bit of an old-fashioned word which we don't use today very much but that's what it means, renewal or dedication. In Hebrews chapter 10, the writer there says Therefore brethren, having boldness to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, that's by his sacrifice by a new and living way which he consecrated and there that word is used or translated that way, consecrated but it means dedicated, which he consecrated dedicated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh the second part of verse 1 take my moments and my days let them flow in ceaseless praise that word praise there in the hebrew is the hebrew word halal and it means to shine or to give glory In Psalm 150, the psalmist writes, Let all things praise the Lord. In those opening two verses we can read, Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him for his excellent greatness. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. On to verse 2. We read there, take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. And that word hands there, we're going to look at that. There are so many things we can do with our hands, aren't there? To do good or to do mischief even. A Psalm of David, Psalm 63 says this. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. And in Psalm 134 Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. And the reference there, of course, to the holy place and to Zion is Jerusalem, which is to be the capital in God's kingdom when Christ returns. Paul, writing to uh, the disciple Timothy, says this, I desire then that in every place that men should pray, Lifting holy hands without anger or quarrelling. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. And the word love we're going to look at now. There are many, many words in both Hebrew and Greek in the Bible which are translated as love. Let's look at one example. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy. It says there, you shall love, and the Hebrew word there is Ahavta. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And of course Jesus added the words, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. For the biblical authors, love isn't just an intense form of liking or some kind of warm feeling for one another. Rather, the most common word, or the most common Hebrew word for love is there, as we can see it, um, expresses loyalty. The loyalty we have for for, for God to the exclusion of all others, but it also extends to our fellow human beings. So when we continue in the Old Testament, in Leviticus now, it uses exactly the same word for loyalty to God in the command to love the stranger. We can see there, and if the stranger dwells with you in the land... You shall not mistreat him. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. You shall love, ahafter, him as yourself. When it comes to the heavenly realm, we are to be loyal to God alone. But here on earth, God commands us to pledge that same loyalty to those around us. But of course, God's love transcends all others. Probably one of the most well-known verses in the Bible. In John chapter 3 says, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And as we have seen from the Old Testament, the same message about our attitude to others is repeated. Jesus says in John 15, This is my commandment, that you love one another. And the Apostle John in his first letter And chapter 4 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we we also ought to love one another. In that same letter, now in chapter 3, John writes, Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So who is the brother that I should love? Well, anyone Jesus tells us who is in need and of course we know the well-known story in Luke chapter 10 about the good Samaritan where a man shows compassion to a stranger in need not just any stranger but actually someone he would normally regard as his enemy continuing then let's read the last two lines take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee There are many references to feet in scripture, especially concerning the preaching of the gospel. Perhaps one of the most well-known is in uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, where he writes, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And again, Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesian church, he's talking there in chapter 6 about defense, about putting on the whole armor of God to protect uh, the Christian from outside influences. And he says in verse 14 and 15, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In verse 3, Take my voice and let me sing, always only, my king and that word voice we're going to look at now the voice can be used to preach to sing praise to God to offer prayers and the Psalms are full of references to this one example in Psalm 5 give heed to the voice of my cry my king and my God for to you I will pray my voice you shall hear in the morning O Lord and in Psalm 95 O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. And again, another psalm, Psalm 119. It says there, Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. So that word lips, if we look at that. One of God's faithful servants said this. It was Job when he said, As long as my breath is in me, and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. David in Psalm 51 says, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. In the New Testament, the writer to the Hebrews says similar words in Hebrews chapter 13. It says, Therefore by him, that was Jesus, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. In verse 4. Here there's a warning for us about not seeking material things. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Uh, I can vaguely remember a mite, I think it was half a farthing, I think I saw one once, but that's a long time ago. But here we know that uh, this word might, there is a well-known story which Jesus told about the widow's might. He saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. They gave what they wanted, what they could afford, not giving all, but holding some back. But then Jesus saw this. He saw a certain poor widow putting in two mites. And so he said, Truly I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all. Jesus spoke of the dangers uh, of seeking for wealth. He said in Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In verse 5, Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. And the attitude of a Christian, of course, is to do God's will and not our own. Jesus has always set the perfect example. Prior to his death on the cross, he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane to be, to be spared the ordeal he, he is to face. And he says this, My Father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from let this cup pass from me, it should say. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. John in his first letter writes about a better world to come, and a place in God's kingdom for the faithful. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Take my heart, it is thine own, it shall be thy royal throne. And Jesus said, Because of our human nature, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. And yet we can pray, as David did, Psalm 51 Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So then, by grace, we can be blessed, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Recorded in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The last verse of our hymn now. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. That word myself, then we'll look at. There are many examples in Scripture of those faithful servants who denied themselves to give to others. Paul writes in his first letter to the Corinthian church, he writes in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. And of course, as we said before, Jesus is the perfect example of self-denial. Paul's letter to, uh, to the Philippians, he says that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And because of his sacrifice... And by God's grace, we are given an opportunity of eternal life in God's kingdom when Christ returns to the earth. And we are reminded of God's grace in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. He writes there, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And so the hymn begins with the words, take my life. And again, Jesus sets this perfect example. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, Jesus said, but to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. In our opening reading from Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells us to take no thoughts for the things of this life. Do not worry, he says, about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. We get sometimes a little bit uptight about what we should wear. But Jesus said life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. But he continues by telling us of far more important things as we we read in our opening reading. He says, seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website